Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another digital citizen. My name is Fro, I think, yes. Uh, and with me, I have Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro, everybody. All, all of a sudden, wasn't sure about my name, but that's where <laughs> like, like, and uh, it, it was kind of because I, I've, I find it kind of hard uh, because uh, I have uh, in in one week I talk nine yeah eight, between 80 and 90 percent of my week I speak English and when I go to the doctor's office and things like that I have to like uh, all, all of a sudden have to turn into the Norwegian and I oh, find yeah. my my name in Norwegian is Frode and it uh, and it is like it's it is very hard for uh, foreigners to settle, and that is why I always name myself Fro, because like that is very easy. And I was sitting in in a doctor's office not long time ago, and they go Froda, Froda, Frodnigo, Froda, Froda, and I didn't react. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. That is funny. Uh, yep. How many... Like, most people know English in Norway, though, right? I mean, most yeah. people, I would say. That's what I assumed, yeah. Right. But, uh, I guess, I mean... It, it, it is hard for me to, to quantify it as 90%, but I... I, I, I would say it's between 80 and 90 percent. Are there yeah. places that, like, they just specifically speak English because it's that place? Like, I don't know. What's a really an American... A McDonald's. Are there any McDonald's where they just speak English because it's McDonald's, if that makes sense? No, right. but, uh, but, but, but uh, uh, McDonald's in Lillehammer is very special because there's a lot of tourism here. And uh, all the American tourists go there to eat, right? Or most because it's them. familiar, I, yeah, yeah. So uh, I know, I know, uh, I know uh, the, uh, the French here of of that McDonald's, and he says that uh, at least like sixty uh, percent of uh, the people they serve are non uh, Norwegians. Huh. Interesting. So if I I came if I came through the drive drive through in 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 Lillehammer and ordered in English, I don't think I would have any problems with doing that. That makes sense to me. Totally, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. But it it, it 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 is also very specified when it comes to age because I I would say that sixty plus has more problems with uh, English as uh, as a second language, uh, but uh, every, everyone else underneath that 
14 to uh, a, a period like things on in school here are even like some things are t- taught in 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 English like uh, international law for example well that but, makes sense I guess I mean but, I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, if somebody's over 60 or over maybe 55 they didn't yeah. grow, grow up with like a flood of American movies as much as right. you did or somebody even younger definitely. than us yeah definitely I mean I I, I I always said that if it wasn't if it wasn't for that I, I use it as much as I do and I I, I feel like I am more I, I have always said I feel more American than I feel Norwegian uh, uh, and I find that kind of strange but Whatever. I felt super American this week because I voted, and that makes you the most American you can be. <laughs> that is that is American. I know. Right after I did it, I just my American flag pants and hat and shirt like appeared out of nowhere. I just like boop, like I dream of a genie, and I was wearing all American garb. It was amazing. And you heard, I am an American. <laughs> yes, I did. It was playing it, like from the heavens with horns coming out of the clouds. And it's pretty good. Um, I... This first election on my ballot to use ranked choice voting, which I sent Fro a picture oh. of, which is very cool. Yeah, Not the whole ballot, but just certain, oh. b- certain things in my ballot were uh, set up to be ranked choice, which... I think it's very cool because that's something I've been kind of pushing for for years. Yeah. Fro knows that. I'd like that to yeah. be the American system all in all, to to be honest. Yeah. Get rid of the electoral electoral college and everything and put in a ranked choice system because it's much more sane way to vote, right? Right. And the other thing we voted on was uh, two years of studying psilocybin mushrooms here in Oregon is getting voted yeah, on. Yeah, so- I saw that. So we're going to see if that goes through or what. Uh, but is it, that's an exciting vote to look forward to in a couple weeks, at least here in Oregon, uh, for the show after the election. We'll at least be able to cover that, even though we might not know what happens with the presidential <laughs> election. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking kind of looking forward to that uh, time after the election. I think it will be probably more stressful than I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, may I ask uh, who you voted for for president? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I voted for Biden. Yep. Yeah. I didn't Is really have too much of a choice. It didn't really matter who I voted for because <laughs> I'm in Oregon. Yeah. And Biden's wow. probably more than likely going to win anyways. I mean, yeah. very, very likely. Uh, we always vote blue here in Oregon. But uh, yeah. I didn't really have any other person I wanted to vote for on the ticket this time. So, yeah. Who was the other candidates other than Trump and Biden? There was a Libertarian and a Green. I think the Green is Howie Hawkins, and I don't know who the Libertarian okay. is. I, I wouldn't vote for the Libertarian anyways. Right. When I ranked yeah. choice voted, I put the Libertarian below the Republican. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's fun. I like that. That's what's great about ranked choice voting is you just you, you yeah. pick everybody and then you rank them. You know what I mean? Which one is the worst? Which one's the best for you? And I feel way more confident voting that way. It does take a little bit more 
uh, what's a good word for it? Um, you have to be more knowledgeable about what you're voting for because you mm-hmm. have to know about each candidate, not just which candidate you happen to like. You have to know about each right. one of them and then rank them in order of which one you like. It makes you more of an informed voter as well, I think. Mm. So we don't need to talk about the big fucking thing that uh, everybody is talking about now. I feel like, yeah, I've, I, I have uh, many feelings about this first thing that we will talk about. Uh, Twitter and Facebook action over Joe Biden article. Uh, it, uh, they say it is kind of biased. And to be honest, I kind of agree. It says here Twitter and Facebook actions over Joe Biden article uh, reignites claims of bias. The Twitter communications and its handling of the controversial article about the U.S. presidential hopeful Joe Biden, uh, Twitter says it was unacceptable, the chief of Twitter has says. On Wednesday, Twitter prevented people from posting links to a New York Post story warning those trying to click the story that the link was potentially unsafe. It only later explained that it had limited sharing because the story contained hacked materials from. Facebook also took action... Limiting the report's distribution in the newsfeed, uh, it said it was done as part of a standard process to give third-party fact-checkers time to review the content. However, it is highly unusual for an article published by a mainstream popular newspaper to be treated this way online. Right. It is now less than three weeks until the presidential election. I have a feeling if I, I if I, I if I kind of. Uh, I feel like this is Biden's email scandal. <laughs> like his his version of this. Uh, I think the timing of this is very sus. I think uh, everything about this is very sus. But I also feel like uh, uh, the hacking thing is totally bullshit. Because it wasn't hacked material, and I I feel like there there is a bias against this, and I I feel like I, I feel kind of bad for pointing it out because I I feel I, it it strangely infuriates me in the way that it shouldn't because I I'm I'm kind of like oh I I I didn't need this to happen so close to the fucking uh, election. But in another way, it is a big thing that shouldn't fucking be uh, censored in the way it has been. I I think this wouldn't have been as big of a deal if they hadn't censored it. If they just would have let it go, everybody would have gone, oh, the New York Post said something. Whoop-de-freaking-do. Like I told you a couple (laughs) weeks ago, off-air I told Fro this. The New York Post is basically the sun newspaper of America. Nobody takes Mm -hmm. it seriously. You know what I mean? Uh, so no, for, the, for them, the for them, effect of news that definitely news. happened after this. But yeah. what I'm saying is, what they did, f- Facebook and Twitter, was actually to legitimize this story more than it was if they had not censored it. Another thing is they're saying they censored it because of hacked materials. Well, remember when Donald Trump's email uh, taxes got released? Yeah. Those hacked materials. Yeah. I'm assuming somebody hacked into. Some yeah. account and took that information. Nobody cared then. Right. Yeah. 
and but it also sets a precedent where things like the Snowden leaks, those are hacked materials. Yeah. Now those can't be re- things like that can't be released on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, what about all the other, all the other information from like Assange or anything like that? Th- those are all legitimate news stories that shouldn't be censored mm-hmm. by. Uh, Twitter and Facebook because they feel like uh, it's hacked material. And again, like Fro well, said, this what we yeah. understand about this to as to what has happened. Uh, the New York Post ar- article contains screenshots of emails allegedly sent and received by Hunter Biden. It contained personal, oh. intimate photos of Hunter Biden allegedly taken from a laptop computer that he gave to a repair shop. Uh, mm. Twitter said the New York Post post article was not against its rules, but it imposed restrictions on articles it expo- that exposed private information such as email addresses that had been obtained by hacking. So the question is... <laughs> yeah. Right, nobody it's hacked into this computer. <laughs> this guy right. just left it at a repair shop, supposedly, right? Right. And then the repair shop owner has said that he gave the information to the FBI. Uh, yeah. What we found out was then he also gave it to Rudy Giuliani. Yep. Now what we're Steve Bannon. What I'm hearing is then Rudy Giuliani actually tried to give it to Fox beforehand. Right. Is what we're seeing. Fox refused to run the story uh, right. for whatever reason. They didn't want to run it. New York Post is even below Fox, obviously. Right, Fro. Right. Uh, like I've said. <laughs> so as far as right wing trash news. Um, yeah, and they were totally willing to take it on. Uh, the other thing is, nobody from any side has denied the truth or right. not truth of these emails. Nobody from the yeah. Biden campaign has come out and said these e- none of these emails are real. They've mostly just said this is a smear campaign. And now the big right. thing that's come out in like the last two or three days is. It was the Russians, bro, of course. It's always the Russians. The Russians put out the emails. I heard this, and I, 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 went, I went, like, face, I face-bombed myself. Like, when I heard that, of course it was Russian. I read it in Norwegian news, so it has to be right. That and there must be, Russian. you know, evidence to say that the Russians... Got this information, right? It wouldn't have been like last week when Norway came out and said that Russians hacked them with no evidence. They wouldn't do that in America with, oh, wait, there is no evidence? In fact, the director of national intelligence came out and said, there is no evidence. We have no evidence that says the national, the director of national intelligence said, uh, I didn't give any of the people who were saying that this was done by the Russians any indication that it was done by the Russians. But, you know, it was done by the Russians, for also. So, w- what is it uh, this article more or less says? What has uh, Biden's son done uh, incorrectly? Everything we already Why? knew. That's just it. Like, this is just... Yeah. Pr- it's just uh, emails showing that he was working with this company Burisma in the Ukraine, getting money from them, which we already knew, right? And that yep. he was yep. doing it on 
a lot of what they were using him for was because his dad was the vice president. That's what? why they were paying him what? so much money. We already knew this, right? For most, like, this yeah. is just confirmation in these emails that that was the case. So, like I'm saying, this story really isn't a big deal. If the, if Twitter and Facebook, like I said earlier, hadn't censored it, probably it would have gone by and nobody would have given a shit. But they censored it and made it a bigger deal than it actually had to be. And that's... That is so... What is so sad about it? Right, because like, none of it was... Nobody fucking The cares. story was not... Inter- like, the story was not new information that was like a bombshell thing. And now the Republicans are able to say, oh, look at this bombshell story that they wanted to hide. Right? But, yeah. Uh, none of this stuff was our, ever hidden. We already knew all this stuff, so... But uh, what... Uh, I, I watched some Fox News uh, this week because I, I wanted to. Uh, and, and mostly because, uh, what they have said is that it proves that Biden knew about it and Biden has said many, many times on stage in discussions that he never talked about uh, Burisma with his son. And this email proves that he did it. I don't know what you feel about this. Or do you feel anything about that? Like I said, all? it's information we already knew. You know what I mean? It's stuff we well, already knew. Like, uh, we already knew that his son was getting money from this company. And we already knew that it was because his father was... Yeah. The only thing we've confirmed now, and we haven't really confirmed it because we don't have the actual emails. What was given to the New yeah. York Post was PDF files. So that... Are you okay? (laughs) The PDF files don't have any um, metadata in them like an email would that could prove, oh, this came from here. It was sent, you know, over this connection. What the metadata would give all the all that information. Uh, So we don't necessarily one hundred percent know that these emails are a hundred percent true. But you can't you can't deny it when the other when the parties that are being accused in these emails aren't even denying it. Right. And that is maybe what I find the most interesting about this is like how silent it has been from the Bidens. Well, I saw one person ask him like he's getting on a plane after a speech or something. One person asked Biden, how do you respond to the allegations of the story? And he just kind of got really mad at the dude. Uh, Which, that's not a good look, right? Yeah, no. I, I just, I don't know. And, 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 and the polling has been uh, in the wrong direction as well. After this came out, like, uh, new polls are showing that the, uh, his lead is this, decreasing and decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. So, I... I I'm, He's still up by, I, like, 10 points, though. So it's not like he's losing now or anything, sure. but he isn't doing as well as he was a week ago. Sure, but uh, I, I again, I don't trust one fucking poll. Uh, sure. I mean, like I said last week, there's a certain level of uh, poll, national poll, where you look at it and you can go, no matter if the poll's this far away. You have to do the math of like, okay, how much would it have to be off for it to be 
the other way around. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of that is just not in the numbers. But we'll see what happens. we got a couple more weeks. Anything could happen in between then and now, including... How far? Yeah, and, <laughs> and this is what I was going to go into, because Trump has, of course, done something on this. Right. Uh, one thing that could happen is Attorney General... Barr could appoint a special prosecutor to investigate the Bidens, even before Election Day is what we're seeing. <laughs> President Trump called, really, Tuesday, called on really Tuesday. Hope it's Mueller. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing can... that probably wouldn't happen. I'm guessing that... <laughs> that... That would be funny, though. <laughs> it would be funny. Uh, he call, Trump called on Tuesday on uh, Attorney General Willem Barr to appoint somebody to launch an investigation into his Democratic opponent, Joe Biden and his son or Hunter before Election Day, which is now only two weeks away. Uh, Trump said, we've got to get the Attorney General to act, he said on a telephone interview with Fox and Friends. He's got to act, he's got to act fast, he's got to appoint somebody, this is major corruption, and it has to be known about before the election. Trump repeatedly railed against his Attorney General for failing to lock up Democrats for alleged crimes, including spying on his 2016 campaign. Uh, Tuesday was the first time he publicly demanded Barr start an investigation before November 3rd into Biden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it will be uh, interesting. <laughs> right here. I don't, I don't, I don't I, like, like I said, I feel like this is Hillary Clinton's email scandal uh, again. Yeah, but we only have two weeks left. Like, they'd have to get together a whole thing and a case, and they're never, like, it, they're never going to get everything out to, like, say, but oh, it's this such is... A bad, it is such a bad PR thing. It's just so incredibly, it looks so incredibly bad for them. Who? The Bidens? Or the, the Trumps? Yeah. Or who? No, the Bidens. Uh, yeah, so like I said, bad. this is not information we didn't already know. <laughs> no, I know that. Right, okay. But it, it's, it's how it's spun in, other, in media. Right, I think this makes the media look worse than the Bidens, because it, the Bidens we already knew were corrupt. We already knew about that corruption, and it seemed like... Right. Up until now, nobody gave a shit about that corruption, right? So I don't think anybody is going to be swayed by a New York Post article who already didn't care about that corruption that we already knew about. What I think is the scandal here is that Twitter and Facebook censored news because it was news yeah. they didn't want to see, didn't want people to see. This is goes way back to the Alex Jones YouTube thing where we were like, yeah. Censorship is a fine line where once you start, once they start censoring people, they're going to censor whoever they don't like. And this is the right. thing where they just censored an ar a news article they didn't like. And the next news article they could censor that they don't like could be in The Guardian or could be, you know, in NBC or wherever else you get your news. So, But uh, we can always uh, trust Google to have it on their Google machine, so... Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to go in. It says here, the FBI oh. has reportedly probed whether the emails are part of a Russian disinformation campaign to interfere in the 2020 election. <laughs> More than 50 senior officials have signed a letter outlining their belief that the recent disclosure of the emails has all the classic <laughs> earmarks 
of a Russian uh, disinformation campaign. It, whatever the classic oh. earmarks of that is. Uh, nonetheless, like I said, John Radcliffe, uh, the director of national intelligence, has said the emails are not part of a Russian dis- disinformation campaign. All right. Yeah. It's China. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, at least we can trust all the googly goog because they never do anything bad. If anybody knows about these emails, it's probably Google has like a backup file of all this stuff already. You know what I mean? Somewhere. Some server has a backup of all of these Hunter Biden emails. So Probably. Send them to us. Uh, it says here, the Justice Department on Tuesday sued Google for abusing its dominance on online search and advertising, the government's most significant attempt to protect competition since a ground casing, ground, groundbreaking case against Microsoft 20 years ago. Which I remember this, like, when Microsoft was abusing their market share or whatever. Uh, They were, like, making their products less and less good as they got bigger and bigger. That was the problem with them. Uh, And it could be just as open other tech companies, including Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. So that's something to look forward to in the future. This could be uh, coming for other, you know, I think Amazon would be the next one I would go for. What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Amazon. Amazon has just become such a right. crazy uh, yeah. dystopian, uh, uh, what's a good word for it, Big Brother-esque type thing happening, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Google mm-hmm. is the gateway to the internet and search and advertising, the U.S. Deputy Attorney General said. It maintains a monopoly power through exclusionary practices that are harmful to its competition. So, yeah, it's, this has to do with um, monopoly power of, of companies and that these, this company, Google, has just gotten too big for its own britches, basically. I watched, uh, uh, I, I didn't say this last week, but I watched uh, the Apple presentation of their new phone, some things like that. I, I, I like watching it. I mean, uh I don't myself have Apple pro- products. I, I have an Apple computer. I have a Samsung phone, and I have a Google Home. So I have. I am. I'm not. I'm not reliable to anybody. Right. Um, and I, and I, 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 and I thought to myself like their It was from their headquarters, and how fucking big and expensive that is. With like green lungs in the middle and things like that, it looks like super fucking expensive. And I thought to myself, like, why would you like to invest in something like that? And I, I thought to myself, is it, it, it isn't because it's proven that nice environment uh, increases in uh, uh, like uh, 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 people's uh, people's brain and things like that. It's it's just like it is a big promotional stunt just to show off wealth. And I feel like the Google is kind of doing the same thing. It's like there, there is never a good thing when a company gets too big. I'm super re- reliable on things like Google and, and Amazon products to to work, but it, I don't like I don't like the mono, monopoly that they are creating. Like I can't count how many times I am 
in into, for example, YouTube each fucking week. I use it all the time, and I don't think that it, I don't think about it uh, in in the way that oh, this is an owned by Google, and I shouldn't use it. You understand what I mean? Right. I've started using Bing quite a bit to do my searches, uh, mostly because when you go to Google to search something and then you go to Bing to search something, you're going to get two sets of results. <laughs> and a lot of the right. times I like getting more results instead of them being like tailored to what Google wants me to see. If you go to Bing and you search the same whatever search you're looking for, you're going to get more results and more varied results, it seems to me. Uh, which I th So that's one way I've kind of started to get away from Google. Uh, I think now, like I said, with Amazon, I think Amazon especially has gotten really big since COVID, since everybody's yeah. getting oh, yeah. packages shipped. Not that it wasn't bigger before, but it's gotten um, uncontrollable at this point because of everybody order or everybody staying home and not wanting to go to the store and this and that. Uh, and I also I, think I mean, the, not, the yeah, integration with Twitch as well, like, they they them owning Twitch in this kind of uh, and, and so many other services. E yeah. They own eBay, right? They own mm. like yeah, they own YouTube. Yeah, it, they. It's not just their main company. It's all the things they own on the internet that you you use all the time. These things and they are controlling one entity is controlling all of it. Which again, mm. like if they're going to do this to this Google as well and Amazon, what about Disney? Let's go after Disney oh, after yeah. after we do oh, yeah. uh, after we do Facebook, which I don't even know if Facebook should necessarily be on this list because I don't necessarily think it has like a monopoly on um, social media the way Google has a monopoly on search. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, definitely not. I I can I can fathom to unsubscribe from Google if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How I don't even know if you could have a life in a, in 2020 without having a Google uh, ID, right? So, right. Yeah. No, I use it all all too much. Uh, someone that uh, surely also used Google on her uh, emails, and where we sure can find some transcripts is Jizzy uh, Max, as we call her here, mm -hmm. uh, and. And uh, the judge okay, it's uh, the release of her transcripts. We talked about this some months ago that uh, the transcripts were uh, holding back. But uh, yeah, well, now it... they the judge had said that she wanted wanted them to release released, and then Maxwell appealed it, and so this is the answer to right. that appeal. Uh, we'll get we'll get into it in a second. Transcripts interview of interviews lawyers conducted. With Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, the girlfriend of late convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, must be released by Thursday morning, the judge said yeah, Tuesday, so tomorrow. tomorrow. We'll definitely talk about this next week. Uh, yep. The U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska ordered order allows the public release of transcripts for of two days of depositions from 2016 of Ghislaine Maxwell and related documents, along with the deposition transcript of of an anonymous accuser as well. The judge briefly permitted the immediate release of the transcript, re reversed herself after the attorney made a plea to delay the release, which was back in July. And that's when we talked about right. that. Yeah. Mm. The lawyer cited objections to some 
redactions and said Maxwell had not decided whether the further appeal, uh, the appellate ruling, so I guess they can appeal it again. Preska gave the lawyers on each side t until 9 a.m. Thursday to confirm and and release the transcripts. So the judge is saying it's going to be out tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., I'm assuming, East Coast, so that's even before I wake up. Mm. Yeah, that would be very, very interesting, and if it is at all as juicy as I think uh, it will be, we will definitely talk about it next week. It says here, uh, the lawyers for Maxwell yeah. had argued the documents reflected seven hours of interviews over two days. So seven hours of interview is what's in there. And part of protecting her rights to a fair trial on the charges sh that she helped Epstein traffic and sexually abuse children. Mm -hmm. So seven hours of testimony that they want to hide. I'm guessing there's something juicy in there. I really, really, really think so as well. I would be very surprised if it isn't, because they wouldn't be so against it being released if it wasn't at least something. Uh, something. Yeah, I mean, they just, for some reason, they don't want it released so the public can see it as well. And so my guess right. is maybe something is in there about other people, but uh, they have been given, the lawyers have been given uh, until tomorrow morning to amend anything that's like somebody who could be incriminated that's not um, under trial, right? So those, right. some of the names are going to be redacted when we see this, so. Yeah, it seems like uh, the clock is ticking all over the world. We will get this on Thursday. The EU uh, and the UK uh, clock is definitely clicking, uh, and uh, it doesn't seem like uh, things are getting better when it comes to Brexit. Well, the EU and Britain both uh, on Tuesday decided to compromise, oh, tried to compromise to avoid fast approaching disruptive final to the five-year Brexit drama that would end the economic pain from the coronavirus crisis. Uh, failure to clinch a trade deal with Britain leaves a standstill transition period until December 31st, which would sow chaos through supply chains and undermine Europe, Europe's economy as it already sees jobs and businesses pulverized by COVID-19. After an EU demand for concessions, Boris Johnson broke off talks and said it was time to prepare for a no-deal Brexit. Yep. I'm super interested in uh, no-deal Brexit. I I really 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 hope that is where it's going to happen. To be honest, uh, if, what I'm seeing this is from a rapporteur for Angela Merkel's uh, conservatives in the lower house parliament said at the moment I see a chance the chance is worse than fifty fifty, uh, but the ball is still in Britain's court at the moment is what they're saying. Hmm. That that isn't entirely true, but that's kind of like, yeah, the EU saying like, oh, it's all uh, the UK's fault if this falls together is kind of like, yeah, of course you're saying that, <laughs> of course you're saying that, because you don't want to look like an asshole. It says here, Britain, of course, left the EU at the end of January, but the two sides have been haggling over the deal that would govern 
Nine billion dollars in trade from both oh, from car parts all the way to medicines. So it's all about uh, making a trade deal to try to keep the flow of products from one place to another. Hey, uh, look, I'm allergic to cats. I don't know if you knew that. I'm also allergic to cats. Yeah. But I love uh, cats, so I just think... deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cats, so I don't deal with it. Uh, do you think you would be allergic to a 2,000-year-old cat? Well, this cat's made of dust, so I'm also allergic to dust. So, yes, I would be allergic ah. to that. <laughs> so, uh, tell me what happened in Peru. A figure of a relaxing cat has been discovered in the Nazca Desert in Peru. The Nazca Lines uh, World Heritage Site is home to designs on the ground known as geoglyphs, created some 2,000 years ago. Science believe the cat, as, as with the other Nazca animal figures, was created... To make depression, oh, created by making depressions in the desert floor, leaving co the co colored earth exposed. The cat went unnoticed until plans were directly drawn up for a new path leading to an observation platform. This platform would have provided a vantage point for visitors to see the other geoglyphs. Uh, so when they were excavating, they found this other geoglyph that they haven't st seen before. Uh, mm -hmm. And obviously now they can't build a their little tower there, that, that, which makes sense. Yeah, uh, we we see a picture of this cat. I I mean, it looks like something I would draw as a five year old kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's. I mean, look at the one <laughs> the picture below that. Another geoglyph of uh, the Nazca lines. That's like a lot more yeah. intricate, like bird yeah. thing or something. So maybe yeah. the the cat they drew first, and then they learned how to do it better <laughs> later. <laughs> right. <laughs> someone went, "Hey, what should we draw as a test?" And and someone said, "Ah, just draw a shitty cat." <laughs> oh yeah, maybe there were multiple artists, and one of the artists was like this great <laughs> geoglyph master. And then there was, you know, his, was, his, you know, his cousin, his cousin, Steve, <laughs> Steve did the cat, you know, Steve. <laughs> of course his name is Steve. <laughs> you know, the common name 2000 years ago in uh, South America, in Steve. Peruvian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The> Peruvian <laughs> name. <laughs> oh my god uh, how much does a normal Tesla cost uh, look uh, I think it's like $70,000 or something $80,000 I think it depends on like what you know uh, amenities you get in it or what like type it is there's different types of Teslas so uh, I have I think I've asked this before if you would got, get a Tesla I think you said no I mean, if they just gave me a Tesla, I would get one. <laughs> but uh, Elon Musk has announced that Tesla is cutting their price on its flag um, model S to 69. <laughs> 69, very funny. And then, even more funny, 420. Uh, Musk price change is a reference to the thing. It first 
uh, uh, well, <laughs> really? Are they really trying to explain this away? Okay. Yes, uh, the they, that's what's funny about uh, this article, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the first is an American car maker, Lucid Motors, uh, that's had their new uh, electric uh, Lucid Air, would cost 77 minus 75,000 in tax credit. And as report, buyers must qualify for the credit, thereby lowering the car's price to 69,900. That is below of the uh, Model S. That is not why it they did. Well, that's part of the reason why. Because <laughs> they they priced theirs at 69,900. So he right. decided I'm going to go I'm going to undercut this other people and make mine 69,420. But of course the Model right. S price second reference is a joke to the number 69, which is a reference to a sexual position, while 420 is a reference to cannabis culture. I'm glad they had to add that into the article that's i think that's why he did this so people at newspapers just had to write this sentence right here uh, that's this sentence is what makes this whole thing funny because <laughs> uh, there's some newsroom yeah. newsroom editor who's like this very serious old guy sitting in the dark like editing all these stories and he has to be like 69 okay is this correct <laughs> and let me i gotta go i gotta fact check if 420 is actually a reference to cannabis culture <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Elon Musk. So, uh, I watched uh, two uh, town halls this week. Uh, one extremely boring one with Joe Biden, and no, one not so boring one with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, actually, it was quite interesting. Um, let's uh, listen to that uh, town hall, I think. Uh, I think we should listen to when uh, he is asked to denounce white supremacy and what he thinks about Q- QAnon. Should we listen to that, Luke? Okay. Give me a countdown. In three, two, one, play. It, it feels sometimes you're hesitant to do so. Like you hesitant. wait a bit. Here we go again. Every time, in fact, my people came, I'm sure they'll ask you the white supremacy question. I denounce white supremacy. And frankly, you want to know something? I denounce Antifa and I denounce these people on the left. What I noticed about this interview, Trump, when he talks, never finishes a sentence. He like starts a sentence, halfway through he ends it and starts a new sentence. uh, Democrats are a satanic pedophile ring and that you are the savior of that. Now, can you just once and for all state that that is completely not true so and disavow QAnon yeah. in its entirety? I know nothing about QAnon. I just told I you. I know very little. You told me, but what you tell he me He needs to listen to our podcast, apparently, if he doesn't know anything about QAnon. <laughs> I know nothing about it. I do know they are very Somebody much against Trump, uh, pedophilia. They fight it very I don't think you would like our podcast, to be honest. Probably not. <laughs> he likes Fox News, so probably he would hate our podcast. I know about Antifa, and I know about the radical left, and I know how violent they are and how vicious they are, and I know how they are burning down cities run by Democrats, not run Republican by Republicans. Republican Senator Ben Sass said, quote, QAnon is nuts and real leaders call conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories. He may be Why right. not just say it's crazy and not true? He may 
be right. I just don't know about QAnon. You do know. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's my favorite part. I don't know. White supremacy, I denounce it. You start off with something else. Let's go. Keep asking me these questions. Okay. I but, do have but, one more. Let me just. Let me this is it. See, he never finishes the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Against pedophilia, and I agree with that. I mean, I do agree okay. with that, and I agree but with it. But there's not a satanic uh, pedophile. I have no idea. I know nothing about that. You don't know that. There could. There could be. Why aren't you asking me about the radical? Why aren't you asking Joe Biden? Questions about because she's not interviewing Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay, we can stop right there. <laughs> uh, Why don't you go to the other network that's playing this his interview right now and ask him questions, lady? <laughs> Why are I you mean, working for the other network right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you looking forward to the debate? It looks like it's actually going to happen. Uh, yeah, everything's in place. Um, it seems like both are ready to, to debate, and we only have two days for them to pull out, right? So yeah. it, I think we're going to get a debate on Friday, and I think it's going to be huge numbers. I think everybody's going to be watching it. I think the interesting I part will. is a lot of people have already voted. So there isn't. I don't think yeah. it's going to change uh, a lot of people's minds just because most people have already voted. So even if they wanted to change their mind... It's not like you can go but down to the election office and be like, give me my ballot back so I can change it. So, Right. No, I, I agree with that. I do think it will be interesting because uh, Joe Biden can't escape uh, the questions about uh, his son again. That's, uh, I mean, the there. question is, do they bring it up? Uh, if he if they don't, Trump will. Right, but Trump bringing it up doesn't mean he has to answer it. If the moderator asks him, then Biden actually has to come up with some type of answer. If answer. Trump just randomly says, what about your son Hunter, Biden will just be like, come on, man. That's what he says whenever right. he's... Whenever, this is, whenever Joe Biden gets caught in a corner and he can't figure out how to like make himself look good, <laughs> he just goes, come on, man. Maybe we haven't learned anything, Luke. Uh, probably not. Well, Trump is going to tell the truth about that. This is Trump where Trump tells the truth. I've been sitting alone a lot in this crisis. I'm in my own office at home. Yeah, full of books, full of movies, and full of shit that nobody wants. But I like it. It's my little cave. Not a man cave, but my study cave where I can study all kinds of topics. What I've been doing a lot during this pandemic is watching movies. Yeah, watching movies and reading history books. Because how we tell our history and how we present it for other people is part of identity. Lately, I had been making a lot of movies about the war in Norway. Yeah, new generation are still making movies about the war. Some of them are very patriotic, like... We fought against Germany for five years. This is hero stories and so on and so on. They haven't been making a lot of movies who criticize part of the war. Yeah. Like the people in big business who did deals with the Germans who never got caught or things like that. 
Somebody tried to touch the subject, but it's not very popular. Somebody is not making a movie about either is how we treated the Jews. Yeah, mostly most of the Norwegian Jews were transported out of the country to concentration camp and very few of them came back. We didn't do as Denmark, who saved most of their Jews. But there were anti-Semitism in Norway too. We had to say that, because that did happen. There are a lot of grey areas in war. When I see American war movies, I think it's even worse. Because that is a part of why I'm thinking about your war movies and I think about Trump. Trump is part of America. He's part of your what you call American mentality, even if many people in the United States think he's doing too much. It's all about you every time. When I saw Band of Brothers, it was about how American soldiers felt. Well, yeah, I do get that, because they did a hell of a good job. But if you want to have a subject where you talk about war and talk about how horrible the Second World War is and fascism is, you have to show the parts that did happen. I think about the public or people in those countries. Those movies are going to be hard to make because they're going to be extremely violent and not very pleasant to watch. There's not going to be hero stories where everything is black and white. There's a lot of areas of grey in it. When I see Vietnam movies from the United States, it's even worse. Yes, they are horrible. Yeah, I know that a lot of young people were forced to go onto that war. They suffered. They had a hard time. But then we can say about every soldier who goes to war, they have a hard time. There's a little subject of criticism there, like, why in the fuck first place did he go to Vietnam? Not any much talking about all the people who were killed, bombed, and burned. You had the landmines in Vietnam still. It's only over 40 years. Yeah. That says something. If you're going to make movies about your war and your history, you have to take we do the bad parts. That's something every country has to do. We're not very good at that in Norway, but I think we can say we're a little bit better. There are good, good books about the subject, but movies are often stronger than books it shows. If you want to go on as a nation, if every nation has to want to move and progress, they have to discuss the bad parts too. Even if it's hard, even if it's tough. There are a lot of changes now. We call that identity and politics and so on. But it's not about that. It's about a lot of other people in the world who's not white, who's not conservative, who's not that national, but also have their stories to tell. Yeah, their view on that, what happened. Yeah. The funniest thing in 2020 is the people who make the best war movies, who take up all the good of the subjects, who see it, how hard it is, is the Germans. They have learned from their history. There are still fascism and Nazism in Germany, but they have learned. The rest of us, we have not learned a shit. And now we can drag the world into a new war about the same bullshit all over again, started by us, not by Germany. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Thank you, Tron. Uh, yeah, have we learned anything? 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think... What is that old old saying? Uh, don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it? I think we're... That's right. how we are as a society... Or not as a, a world, I guess. I, I guess... I guess... I, I That's one of the reasons why I'm... I'm concerned about this election. Here, here's the thing. My my biggest fear is that we get a Senate and uh, a president that is Republican again. I would be okay with a Republican president with a Democratic uh, Senate. Because without the Senate, he can't do that fucking much. My worst worst case scenario, I I mean like I I would I would be okay with a, a Donald Trump president, but but a Senate and a Congress that's democratic because what the fuck is he going to do then? Like, right, he doesn't really have any power. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. I, he would whine a lot, that. is what he would do. That's true. It doesn't need to do that anyway, though. <laughs> right, he would whine even more probably about about things. I can't do anything, but yeah. Hey, you liked the, uh, the end of uh, Dexter? Yeah, I was okay with it. Everybody yeah, else didn't you're... like it. I was just like, whatever. That's how these maybe kind of shows the... end. <laughs> you maybe the one of the very, very, very few people I know of. That well, I feel like that everybody happened. assumed that he was actually was actually gone, and to me, right. having seen a movie or a TV show ever in my entire life, I went, "Oh, clearly the main character is not gone." That's how TV shows and movies work. So I wasn't like, "Oh, oh that's not supposed to happen," because. That's exactly how it was supposed to happen, because that's how you write a TV show. <laughs> well, guess what? Dexter is back, bitches. What do you feel about this? All right, uh, Dexter Revival is going to come to... Uh, the show came to an end One in 2013. Yeah. They're going to add a limited-run 10-episode series uh, starring yeah. Michael C. Hall in a retu- his return role as the Miami Metro Police Neat. Department analyst okay. and serial killer. If he doesn't die in this, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Do you because think they're I, just I, bringing I, it back just to kill him because everybody didn't like that? Yes, I do. I mean, I I would be fine if he di- died in, in, in that storm. Spoiler alert for a 13-year-old series. or Seven-year-old. <laughs> Okay, but but uh, anyway, uh, I mean, I would be fine if he he drowned in, in that storm and we didn't see him as the lumberjack. I I would be totally okay with that. I think that's what everybody wanted, bro. Yeah. So I don't think you're being like out there and being like, oh, I would have been everybody. That's what everybody wanted. I what I said, like I just said a second ago. That's not how right. you write a TV show. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I, I, but yeah, in uh, spoiler alert for the books, he dies in the books, and and I mean, uh, yeah, right. But those are books. I, I, it's it's just like Breaking Bad. You had to have one of them survive at the end because sure. you, you have to have. Otherwise, what's if everybody's dead at the end? Then all it is is. Uh, 
Reservoir Dogs. So sure, sure. <laughs> Even though one doesn't die at the end with Reservoir Dogs, so. Right, he is very um, injured and could likely end up dying after the movie's over, but we don't actually see him <laughs> die. <laughs> no, we don't, no. But uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I am totally fine uh, with this. I'm okay with it. Uh, I think other people are not as happy because they just didn't like the end of the last one. If they use yeah. this to kind of... Uh, to make everything work with the show that people didn't like... I, I'm fine with that if that's what they want to do. If it's just them bringing it back for, like, a cash grab and it's going to be a shit season, then I, then I won't be happy with it. I'm just going to go by the quality. I always like that show, so I'm I'm not offended. I sent you a message uh, this week um, that uh, uh, Kenny West uh, sent out a tweet where, where it says, Joe Rogan uh, said it's cool for me to design the set of our podcast this Friday. So I'm really, really looking forward to Kanye West being on the Joe Rogan experience, uh, Look, Joe Rogan announced this week, this all of week's planned recordings, and inclu which included an anticipated Friday appearance by Kanye West. This has been cancelled, and ha there's a string of cancellations. After J JRE producer Young Jamie tested positive for COVID-19. Although Rogan oh. and other staff members of the podcast have tested negative, uh, they have to stop doing, obviously, they can't run the show without Jamie. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you think he will be back? Who? Uh, Ken West. Uh, more than likely. I mean, it's been in the works yeah. for a really long time. Uh, yeah. As we, I mean, the first time we heard about this was maybe like as far as like, oh, they might do a Kanye West podcast was a year and a half ago, maybe. So it's been something in, like that, been in yeah. the works for a while. I really, really want him on that. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that it will be one of the most viewed episodes of. Of uh, of the show, to be honest, definitely the most since he moved over to Spotify. Um, yeah, I don't think I would go watch anything on Spotify like other than a really big show like that. So yeah, it right. might bring me in, yeah. which that's good for Spotify, if anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, do you like Home Improvement? Look. Yeah, I watched Home Improvement in the last five years. Rewatched it. It is extremely hokey, and I like it. Yeah, the jokes are terrible. They, they <laughs> never land. Like the silly stuff at the end, where it's always like, "Oh, there's a life lesson to be learned out of this." Right. But you got to look back and remember, like, all the funny parts where they were in doing the TV show, and it had Pamela Anderson in it, and all these other things that kind of bring back memories. Oh, I remember those episodes. And and the neighbor that never showed his face. Right, I that, love that's that part thing. probably everybody remembers. What I remember is everybody being in love with the middle kid. What was his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Taylor Thomas. Anyway, Something uh, Taylor Thomas. I can't remember what his name was, though. Right. 
But uh, Secretary Brian uh, is uh, arrested uh, for allegedly choking his girlfriend. In Eugene, Oregon, of all places, uh, in an apartment <laughs> complex, he call, uh, the police were called at 10.24 p.m. On, a f- on last Friday for a physical dispute. When the officers arrived, they found Zachary Ty Bryan sitting outside of the apartment, uh, according to the arrest report. The 27-year-old victim, who police say had a relationship with, was found waiting for police in the apartment. Uh, he was booked and into custody in Oregon at 1 a.m. local time on Saturday. So, he was he faces felony charges of strangulation and two additional misdemeanor charges. I just think it's wild that this guy's living in Eugene, Oregon in a an apartment when he was so... Like, that was one of the biggest shows of my childhood. It was so... The ratings were huge for that show. Yeah, uh, and he has to become big man. He's 39 years old. Well, yeah, people do grow up. That's generally how time works. Um, (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) He actually looks like a kid I went to high school with, like the older version of him, the picture down here. He looks kind of like a kid I went to high school with. Uh, who I still see occasionally. I still see him every once in a while. You, uh, Eugene, Oregon, actually, for a, when you think of, like, mm. por- everybody nowadays is like, Portland is that liberal bastion of horrible Antifa people. Eugene is mm-hmm. so much more liberal than Portland is. <laughs> Believe it or not. If you wanted to go to, like, the most hippie liberal city in or- Oregon, I would not say go to Portland. I would say go to Eugene. Uh, TV, uh, I saw social distance because you kind of, you kind of recommended it to me, I, I guess. No, I did not. <laughs> I told everybody uh, not to watch this, this show, but you watched it anyways. Uh, yeah, it's the guy from Orange is the New Black. Uh, this is an anthology TV show. I don't know why you, you hate it as much as you did. It's totally okay. It's just another quarantine Zoom show. Yeah. Didn't you think all the jokes were incredibly six months out of date? (sighs) Yes, I did. Uh, I think there was uh, two episodes that kind of uh, saved it for me. That was kind of the the best episodes. Okay. Uh, uh, that I, I I really really liked uh, uh, the two last episodes. I think was maybe the best. Two See, episodes. I didn't get that far through it. So because it, I don't. It's just cheap and the way it's made, it doesn't appeal to me. It's like it's just a bunch of people right. talking about their problems, kind of thing. But yeah, no, I, I'm not going to give it a ten, uh, and not going to give it a five. So I will give it a six. Yeah, six. Yeah. If you would have given this a ten, I would have been like, okay, Fro, we got to get you somewhere, get you some help. <laughs> Cold DPS. Right. <laughs> Something's not right. <laughs> Fro sick. Uh, get him to a mental hospital. Something yeah. you recommended to me a while ago... I don't know how long ago, probably months ago, Code 44. Yeah, a long time ago. was originally on Sky TV, I believe. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. one of the Sky channels. I'm not sure which one it was. 
and now in America it's available on Peacock. So I was on the on Peacock, Peacock. this week to watch something else, and uh, was scrolling through and saw that there was episodes of this on there. So I watched it. It's very good. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, the whole premise of it is that there's a cop and his partner, and they get in an ambush in an undercover sting. One of the cops gets shot. Uh, the other cop is mourning his loss, and then he finds out that the government has brought his partner back to life using cyborg-type <laughs> cyborg technology, so, right? Yeah. So his yeah. partner is now alive again, and it's like a year later, so uh, he, he, his partner, the not-dead partner, has, at that point a year later, um, hooked up with the guy's wife and everything, so it's a... <laughs> It's a comedy about this oh. robot trying to figure out what happened over the last years, and they also have to solve a crime of who killed him. So it's very, yeah. very funny comedy, British. Um, the two main actors are very funny. I've seen them both in something, but I couldn't place them. Uh, overall, I give this a eight. Cool. I'm very, very happy you liked that. Um, someone has to die. Uh, not you or me, I hope, but uh, it's a TV show on uh, the Netflix. This is a mini series, uh, three episodes uh, from Spain. This is maybe my favorite murder mystery thing in many, many years. It's very stylized. Uh, in a way from the like uh, 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 like it it could be an episode of The Crown or something like that it's very like old fashioned stylized but you always like through all the three episodes you don't know like why uh, why it's named someone has to die and I like that you you kind of like you have to go go guessing is this going to uh, who is going to die is this his, who's going to die and yeah it is one of the best crime thriller series I have seen in many many years I give it a nine. Uh, I saw something you watched last week on Netflix, uh, the cabin with Bert Kreshner Kreishner whatever mm-hmm. however you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a reality show, like you said last week, about him uh, getting out to his cabin, and he's supposed to be his. his he told his wife he's going to be out there, uh, <laughs> being alone oh. and trying to get back with nature and trying to calm down because he's like a workaholic, is what it seems like. Um, mm-hmm. But he ends up being up there with his friends, uh, getting drunk and doing different things. Uh, it's very fake reality show is one of the problems I had with this show. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I like the comedy of it. And some of the heartfelt discussions are interesting, especially the one with him and Caitlyn Jenner and his comedian friend is, yeah. they kind of have a heartfelt discussion about um, sexuality and as opposed to trans genderism, like the difference between those two and uh, him and talking to his father, uh, father. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner talking to his father, who is like, apparently a huge fan, which was very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. those were the episodes I saw. I don't think I'm going to probably watch more, but I, I would watch more if I just um, 
didn't have anything else to watch. It's not something I'm offended by. It's not something that's super great. So overall, I'm going to give it a 5.5. A new thing that I watched this week uh, is, uh, well, it's not new, uh, but it ended this week, is Lovecraft Country. I, I, I saw the first episode and then I was like, eh. Uh, uh, I wanted to kind of wait till it ended so I could see it all. I don't know if I like this. I don't think I did. I have seen people like go bananas gush over this. And it kind of... I, I, I like anthology series and I like science fiction and I like stylized what it's trying to tell me and things like that, but to be honest, I just didn't get it. I didn't buy into it. I just thought it was kind of like trite and uh, I, I'm not going to use the word boring because it's not boring, but I felt like I've seen things like this in, in Black Mirror better and kind of like done exploding this before with re race relations and ship, uh, uh, things like that. So I'm going to give this show a very low score, I think, for people out there, because this is very loved by anybody else but me. But I am going to give it a 5.5. Okay, let's see. I saw Social Distance, which you already talked about. Right, I, I gave it a 3. I didn't mention that. You uh, said it last week, right? No. Did, oh. We must have talked about it on Monday when we watched the show, because uh, it didn't come out last week. <laughs> there was a show oh. called Connecting last week, which the was the exact same show. Oh. It was also a Zoom-based show with a bunch of people talking, and I didn't like that show either, so. Oh, maybe that's why I was confused. Maybe. I mean, go. did you ever watch Connecting? No. Okay, well, there's also a show called Connecting. If you liked this, you might like that because they're the same show. <laughs> it just happens okay. to be on NBC instead of whatever, Netflix, I think. Yeah. Okay. I watched uh, something called The Trump Show from uh, BBC, uh, Luke. Okay. Uh, I, I think you will very much like this. I liked it very much. Other than it's very anti-Trumpy. Uh, and have a very clear, uh, very clear agenda. But uh, I didn't mind it. I give it a 6.5. I saw Cobra, which was a show, a, a BBC show, I believe. Yeah. Uh, hmm? But I saw it on BritBox, which is like a thing here you can get British TV on <laughs> uh, in America. Uh it's a, it's a show about the British government and the Prime Minister and his cabinet specifically. And there's a, going to be a solar flare on the sun that takes out uh, electronic communication and, and just electricity, period, to, I think, the world. But it's mostly they're yes. focused on England. And right. it's kind of their struggle to, in the first few episodes, uh, figure out whether this is actually going to happen. And then in, in the second episode it does happen and i've only seen three episodes but i'm gonna continue to watch because every episode has an amazing cliffhanger so even right now mm -hmm. i'm going i want to see the fourth episode because of that cliffhanger in episode three 
Um, some of it's very procedural uh, government stuff, and some of it is a little more exciting. Uh, a lot of kind of dry talking in the government procedural stuff, but when it gets interesting, it gets interesting. So overall, mm -hmm. I'm going to give Cobra a 7. Yeah, I would give it a 8, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. I, 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 I thought the science fiction aspect of it was very, very good. I like it very much. They do make a little bit of a mistake where boats and cars, for some reason, still work, even though if you had a car with a right. computer chip in it, in this scenario, it would fry the computer chip and your car wouldn't run. But in this right. world, boats and cars aren't affected by the solar blast, but whatever. A little tiny thing, I'm not going to dock them for it. Yeah. Uh, let's keep in the BBC, uh, called Roadkill. This is what's episode one, uh... Of this, uh, this is going to be a mini-series, I think it's four episodes. It's with Hugh Laurie, uh, a.k.a. Dr. House, as uh, this politician that uh, has been uh, in a trial where uh, he won against the newspaper uh, where he sued someone. And... Uh, yeah, uh, if he is a good, uh, if he is a good man or a bad man, it's kind of up in the air until things happened. Uh, I am going to give this first episode an eight point five. <clears throat> okay. Um, I never think of Hugh Laurie from House because I never watched House. I always thinking think of him as Lord Percy from Black Adder. <laughs> Black Adder, yeah. yeah. Or was it? Was yeah. he? He might have been Prince George. I don't remember. He's one. I guess he was different yeah. characters in different seasons, right? So I guess that, right. Yeah. Um, that's where I always would think of him from. Uh, what was another? Oh, I guess something also from British television on Sky, a show that came out in March from uh, Hitmen, season one. Yeah. One, uh, of this. Uh, about two women who are hitmen, uh, and them <laughs> trying to kind of figure out their lives. In the first episode, the first episode at least was very funny, uh, in the sense that they're hitmen, but they also kind of want to try to have normal lives being hitmen. Mm -hmm. So the one hit lady or hit woman, I guess, uh, has a birthday, and they're trying to invite all their hitmen. The clients, over. clients yeah. and friends over for a birthday party, which that, the mm. that's where the comedy comes in. Uh, this was a very funny show. I don't think it was quite as funny as Code Forty Four, but still very good. I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, I agree to that seven. Uh, adult material. Uh, this is four episodes, uh, also from the BBC. A lot of UK things this week. Uh, Really, really like this. It's about the mother uh, uh, that works in the sex industry as a porn star and her uh, hassles with having a family and having kids and a daughter that's going through puberty and wants to have sex. <laughs> and her also, like, kind of being in the sex industry, trying to, like, guide her daughter in having a relationship with a guy it's it's very drama it's very british i really liked it i give it a seven and a half man we are all over the british tv this week aren't we 
Uh, yeah. Back to Netflix, I guess. Grand Army. You see this? I did see one episode of this, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw a couple episodes of this. It's about a Brooklyn high school, is what it looks like, or at least some high school in uh, New York. I think they said Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, it says here Brooklyn. Uh, mm-hmm. And an explosion goes off in the city, and the high school gets locked down. But it's mostly about kind of these teenagers. Some of them are seniors. They're about to graduate, what they're going to do when they move on. And then another character, one of the other main characters, is a freshman who just moved to the city, and she's trying to fit in. So it's a it's a high school drama, but in a very chaotic situation where the city is under attack kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't like this. I found it boring. Okay. Anything, any reason why, or just, that's it? It's very teenage drama. It isn't really made for me, I think. Didn't you want to know what the explosion was from at the end of the first episode? Didn't that interest yeah. you to go, who blew up the thing next to the school? Sure. Good acting, though. I will, I will give them that. But, uh, yeah, there's one actress in this, uh, Odessa Azion, Azion mm-hmm. who's the cheerleader girl, the one that pulls the condom out of the other girl in the beginning of the sh- mm. episode one. She's a very good actress. I see a bright future for her. But yeah, no, uh, I I would give it a seven. I thought you didn't like it. <laughs> I, I said it, it wasn't super interesting. Oh, okay. I gave it a five. Okay. I thought it was in the middle, uh, at least the episodes I saw. The acting's good. The storyline is interesting, but the all... What's a good word? The cohesion of the different storylines of different characters, at least in the episodes so far, have not meshed well enough for me to give it higher than a five. I want to talk about the series that I gave a seven. It's called Le Revolution. It's about the very alternative version of uh, the world history uh, where uh, mystery disease is kind of like what's giving uh, the rich people uh, the lust for killing the commoners and the commoners is is kind of like uh, wanted to then uh, have the French Revolution. So it's very much... Not what happened. Right. I mean, obviously, it was an oligarchy that took over and, you know, uh, didn't. they took all the money and everybody else starved. Uh, right. Very much like America today, if you think about it. What was, uh, what was the thing where we covered where it was like uh, movies that try to make you think about something from the future? You know what I'm talking right, about? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like... Yeah. In the future, in America, we're going to have all these oligarchs, and they're going to let everybody starve, and then their excuse is going to be, oh, but we all got a disease. It wasn't our fault that we let you starve. <laughs> predictive programming. Uh, That's what it was. Predictive, predictive programming. programming right. yeah. I know you saw one other thing that I have kind of kept uh, to the last as well. See, I got... So. Okay. Hel- Hellstrom? Yes, is that what you're talking about? Talk about a little. Yes, uh, it's a Netflix show. Uh, 
No, it's it, not. Oh, Hulu. That's what it was. Right. Hulu. So much seen this week. Uh, it felt very much like a uh, Netflix show, though, didn't it? Kind of? It definitely did, yeah. This is uh, about a guy who's not a priest? I don't, what is he? Uh, what do you call uh, call the man? Uh, He's somebody who, like, can see ghosts or can, like... Uh, he knows right. the demons are there, but he... Uh, he's not an exorcist, but he's because he's not like a a priest type. Ex- Maybe you call him an exorcist. I don't know. He's an exorcist. Demonologist. Demonologist. There you go. Something like that. There we uh, go. <laughs> and he has a history, apparently, of mental illness, uh, and he has to go track down serial killers. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't this show already on network television here in America last year? <laughs> he. Yeah, it felt very much like that. What was that called again? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah. I'll look it up and, it and you better. you tell me what you think about the show. Um, did you know this was a Marvel entity before you watched this? No. It didn't uh, really feel superhero uh, show, but... Yeah, no, it, it's based on the Marvel thing, and I was like, what, really? Didn't feel like that at all. Uh, I didn't really like it. It was very stylish. I will give it that. It's extremely stylish. And it's very... But it doesn't have anything inside of the style. It was very, like, uh, very uh, procedure-like, I I felt. uh, I gave it a 5.5. Oh, okay. Um... Let's see what I, I, I give it a seven. I kind of like the oh, yeah. I like the what, what's a good word for it? I like the sci fi aspects of it. I like mm. the mother, uh, I guess towards the end of this episode, the mother attacks this uh, nun. Is it? I'm not really sure what she mm-hmm. is, but she attacks her, and the lady's like, uh, I'm not afraid of you, demon, and the demon's like. You should be. And it just, like, zooms in and attacks her. That part was pretty awesome. I just like that those kind of yeah. lines uh, from demons, I guess. Right, yeah. the show, the... Prodigal Son was the name of it. Prodigal Son. Yeah, I think Prodigal Son did it better, to be honest. I mean, it's kind of different because he was, a, like, a guy whose dad was serial a serial killer, killer yeah. where this one, it's yes. a demon, where his mom's a demon. Right. And, but it's, like, the same concept, really. Mm. Yeah, that's all I have. That's all you saw this week? Oh, okay. Um, The last thing I saw was Supermarket Sweep on ABC, Fro. Oh, yeah. You told me about this. You have to see the show because it is American consumerism, the television show. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said last week, uh, talking about the show from the 80s or whenever it went off the air, the 90s, early 90s probably yeah, is when it went off the this air. This is what we talked on Monday about, by the way. Oh, no, we talked about Super- Supermarket Sweep when we did a uh, uh, fall TV show, fall new TV oh, shows. Oh, yeah, that's right? right. I talked about that's it then. Right. That's when I talked about it. Uh, yes. That 
the the rules of the show, even from the eighties, nineties, never made sense because there's not mm-hmm. they don't really explain how many items you can pick off the shelf or this or that. Because in the end, it's like you're supposed to get the most you can in your basket, but people are like picking one thing off the shelf. In the first episode of this, they do nothing to explain the rules, and they just go right into the game, and it makes no sense. The host is way over the top, way ridiculous. Uh, the whole thing is way over the top and ridiculous, but it's all just an infomercial for these products, is really what it is. Mm. It's Food Fight, you know, the movie. Food Fight, the game show. So go check that out. <laughs> I gave it a three. <laughs> You really, really want me to watch it? It's bad enough that it's fun to watch because of how bad it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about something that is getting better and better. Jesus Christ. Woke, episode 7. That's right, episode 7. No. Five. No, episode 6. Yeah. We made yes. that mistake when we went to watch episode 6. We were like, yeah. oh, is it episode 6 or episode 7? Yeah. Uh, episode six. six, Dap Peace Fuck You. After events at the <laughs> salon, Keith and Adrian, Adrian discuss how to move forward in the relationship. Clovis mm-hmm. helps Ay- Ayana get revenge on her ex-girlfriend, and Gunther tests the bounds of his sexual fluidity. Which was probably the funniest part, because uh, Gunther, a I guess is his name. Yeah. He, he, he wants to have a threesome, but... Yeah, it's with this girl and this other guy, and he's like, "I've always wanted to have a threesome, and I'm living in San Francisco, and it's 2020. <laughs> I should be more open to these kind of things." Uh, and he goes to have the threesome, and he go, he like, what happens? Oh, the other guy goes, "Did you just put your hand on my dick?" <laughs> and he's like, "What? I thought that's what we were doing." And the other guy's like, "No, dude, I'm I'm straight." And he's like, "So am I." <laughs> and look. Just the comedy of that moment, if you imagine yeah. yourself being in that moment, is was one of the funniest parts of this episode, I think. What do you think? It is definitely one of the funniest parts of my uh, uh, of the episode. Uh, I I I think this is the episode with the least uh, animated parts as well. Were there any? Then I don't think there was a single animated part in this whole think episode. There was one, no, and that's why I, I, I like I said, I, I, I think that is the weakest part of this show, funny enough. Uh, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I enjoyed it to an eight, actually. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I would even, yeah, I'm gonna go eight. I have a bad feeling that the very last episode, since we've already seen the first four minutes, is going to be not as yeah. good because the first four minutes of it is all animated stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, we have two episodes left, and uh, we will tell you soon what we will do. What we will do! Yeah, we have already got it planned, uh, which, actually, I'm going to tell you something about the other show we thought about right after we get off air, but... Main topic time, uh, the most uh, interesting, the most uh, controversial, and uh, maybe the most uh, time-consuming tournament. I think it's the word you're looking for. The most important Important. tournament in the history of tournaments. 
the best hamburger topping ever. <laughs> we do all these serious things all the time on the show. Now we're doing best hamburger <laughs> topping ever. I mean, uh, let's go right into it. Uh, we have said that uh, we have two buns and we have a hamburger. That's all we have. Right. So all the other things. Buns don't count as to- as a topping, even nope. though they go on top. A second bun, like a Big Mac bun, doesn't count as a topping. Burger is nope. just a burger. I yeah. did actually think about whether I wanted to put second burger on as a topping, whether that would count as a topping, you know what no. I mean? Make a double cheeseburger, and I was like, that, that won't yeah, count. No. But what I was thinking no. is in this first round, basically what we're going to do is end up making like a four... Uh, we're making. We're gonna end up making a four ingredient or a six ingredient hamburger once we add the four toppings. So that's basically what we're gonna do in the first round. So let's start the first round. Yeah, uh, bacon versus pickle. You have a uh, bacon. I have a uh, pickle. Yeah. Um, I mean, bacon is classic topping. I mean, it makes your bacon cheeseburger. You can't have a bacon cheeseburger without bacon. I agree. But at the same time, bacon is another meat on top of what already is meat, right? What about pickle? Yeah. Uh, pickle is definitely, uh, I was almost going to say a fruit there, um, uh, a vegetable that makes it a little sour. I like the sour uh, element of a pickle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want a, I want a crisp, uh, crispy pickle, by the way. I don't want it like uh, soft and dingly. But I want. Uh, I like a dill a pickle of... instead of a sweet yeah, pickle as well. Some people yeah, like sweet yeah. pickles. I'm not about that life. Eh. I sweet pickle are a little too too. Yeah, I just don't like them, sweet but... pickles in, in general. Some people really love them. Right. They're just not for me. Yeah, no, I want them in vinegar and things like that. But I guess the question uh, is, which one would we rather have, right? Bacon or pickle? And I'm going to make an argument here unless you have an argument to make first. Sure. I think bacon is something that is kind of an extra, that it's great to have on a burger if you want it, Mm. but it's not something you have to have on a burger. I think pickle is something that I always want to have on my burger. Well, I agree since it's my choice as well. I I also, I think my argument against bacon is... Like you said, it's meat on meat. Right. It's it's a it's superfluous is a good word for right. it. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yes. I, I would try not to think of them as your pick and my pick in this. I would try to think of making the best burger here is the way I would well, try sure. to. So we're kind of working okay. together yeah. just to make the best burger possible. Yeah. No. I I want pickle. Right. If we were throwing a party together and it was me and you and we yeah. wanted to have the ingredients to make a good burger. Right. So we're going yeah. pickle. Because I think that's yeah. it's more important than bacon. Bacon's great, but you don't need. Oh, it. bacon is amazing. Right. I I I I I think it's sad we're losing bacon. Then but have, think uh, about this: what if it was a burger and all it had was, let's say, a sauce, bacon, and uh, the burger? That's a sad burger. It is, yeah. And I also want some crunch, like the crunch in that pickle. Right, and bacon's salty, but pickles are also salty, so you're not losing that either. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, talking about uh, things that uh, goes together, uh, ketchup uh, versus mustard. Uh, which one was? Oh, your your ketchup. Yeah, come on, ketchup. Um, I think my biggest argument. I I love both ketchup and mustard. Here's the thing: if I eat uh, a hamburger. I can live without mustard, but I can't live without ketchup. Uh, yeah. I think um, one thing about mustard, have you ever taken a patty and used mustard like right at the end in the pan to cook the patty and mustard? Yeah. That is an amazing way to cook a burger if nobody's ever done that. I think they do it at In-N-Out, like in California. That's the one of the ways they... They'll do their burgers. Uh, it like makes it kind of a mustard burger. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think I might have to agree with you on this one, Fro. Because, yeah, if, if let's say I'm sat down and I have a burger and somebody's like, you can only pick one between ketchup mm-hmm. and mustard to put on this and you have to eat it. Mustard is really intense by itself. Like it's, yeah, well, yeah. where ketchup, I think I could handle the whole thing. So we're, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ketchup. What about you? Yeah, no, I want ketchup uh, because I think it is, like you said, uh, it, it is more mild, and then it keeps also like the hamburger together. But uh, then we have blue cheese against lettuce. Right, blue cheese kind of yes. an, the odd man out, I think, in this tournament. It's something that sure. not some. It's like an aqua. Some people like blue cheese. Some people really right. hate blue cheese. The one thing yeah. I'm sad about in this tournament is the two things that go the best together on a burger are bacon and blue cheese. When we what? already got rid of bacon. <laughs> uh, um, but blue cheese is mean... amazing on a burger. Yeah, especially with bacon. Like I said, so. I don't know if I need lettuce. And and here, here, here here's my thing against lettuce. It doesn't taste anything. It just gives it a crispiness in 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 the hamburger that I I always have have lettuce there because it's always on there. But it doesn't really, really bring anything to the fla- flavor profile of the hamburger. What I think lettuce does do that kind of people forget is it keeps the burger from sliding around a lot. Because if you just have sauce, oh, then the burger is going to want to fly out of the buns. But oh, lettuce definitely. makes like a barrier so that your burger, it's like a slip mat for your burger, kind of. Right, right. Uh, ice ice uh, lettuce or normal lettuce? Uh, I mean, there's lots of different kinds of lettuce, but I think iceberg is... One of the better ones yeah. on a burger. Uh, there's I, I agree. That red lettuce is, can be good on a burger as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I, I, I have to go blue cheese there. <sighs> blue cheese, okay. See, I would have gone lettuce. So we got to somehow figure out... What's your... Give me your hard argument on blue cheese. I, I think it brings more to the flavor profile of the hamburger than a lettuce does. Like I said, lettuce in itself doesn't really taste anything. Right. Um, but my slip mat theory, with blue cheese, your burger is now flying all over the place. It doesn't have any... 
it's not solid. It's all slippery. It's right. leaking all over your hands. There's cheese and sauce all over your hands because the lettuce but, isn't but soaking any of it up. But couldn't we use the pickles in, in a way as lettuce? I think pickles are just as slippery as anything else. But... Uh, um... I mean, I we do ha so. we do have another cheese as well. Yeah, um, I know. That's cheating, though. <laughs> right, I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, but I, I guess I, I, I will go with you. I will go with you on on lettuce uh, only because of what you said. It's it's what's keeping the hamburger together. I think. You, I, you could have convinced me if your argument would have been blue cheese is the classiest cheese you can put on a burger. Because I think it yeah, is, it probably. No. You don't think so? What's classier? Maybe like a smoked Gouda or a smoked something? Yeah. So, yeah. Smoking, I, I would agree, agree on. So, but yeah, no, I will, I will go with you and say lettuce. Okay. Then we have American cheese uh, against Big Mac sauce. And I think Big Mac sauce, in kind of in general, like that type of, what is it, a thousand island dressing with like on, island, onion yeah. and pickle sauce. Yeah. Not necessarily Big Mac sauce itself, but that kind of sauce. Right. Like uh, right. In-N-Out in California kind of has a sauce that's very similar to Big Mac sauce, but it's not the same, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And here in Norway, we use a lot of Thousand Island. Um, this is hard for me. I fucking love cheese on my hamburger. But I also want sauce. This is actually the worst one <laughs> inside me. Okay, well, I had Big Mac sauce. Uh, I think this is a sauce that's like, it's amazing in a burger. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's good, but I don't think it's something you would want on your burger all the time. Where I think American cheese is something I would want on my burger like every time. Yeah, but you see, I get Thousand Island dressing on my hamburger every, every time, so... Right, okay. I use that Big Mac sauce or... That's, That's my, something. Uh, yeah, I do it. I do it at home. I like make my own at home sometimes. Right, and I use it every fucking time. So, but it, uh, no, we need cheese. We need cheese. Okay. We need some fucking cheese on this. If you know, we're not having blue cheese, we need American cheese. American. Yeah, I think American's my go-to cheese usually. It's like I d yeah. don't use American cheese for any like the only reason it would be in my refrigerator is for a hamburger. Uh Right. I don't think I'd put it on anything else, so on a slice of bread maybe to make a a grilled cheese? No, uh, I I'd, I'd still go cheddar cheese. with a grilled cheese. I'm more of a cheddar. Oh. Yeah. So, in the semi-final, we have pickle, ketchup, lettuce, and American cheese. This is getting harder. Right, okay. So, now we have to figure out, like, if we only wanted a burger with two items on it, which which were these? So, pickle <laughs> right. pickle versus ketchup. Oh. Uh, I know what I'm going with right away, so I'll, um, let's see what you, 
you want to do? I I want to go with pickle. You want to go with pickle? I would have gone ketchup yeah. probably. Like if there was uh, one, if there was, you could only have one on this burger. Would it be pickle yeah. or ketchup? I I would pick pickle. Uh, again, again, because it's bringing some sourness. It's bringing more sourness than the ketchup, and the ketchup is. I I understand that you want the flavor of the ketchup and the sauciness. I think, uh, and the sauce. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Fucking hell! You convinced me. Yeah, <laughs> I need ketchup. Okay. Yeah. We need ketchup. I think this is more easy for me. Lettuce against American cheese. I'm going with cheese. I think cheese is a is a no brainer for me as well. Right. Um, yeah. Well, le- lettuce is good. When yeah. I look at these last two, if I could, if somebody gave me a burger with ketchup and American cheese, that's a fine yeah. burger to me. Like it's yeah. not a great burger. It's kind of lacking no. a lot of stuff that I would want on it, but I could yeah. eat it, right? <laughs> Where if we ended up with, uh, let's see another one we could have ended up. If we ended up with mustard and blue cheese on our burger, I don't think I would be able to eat that burger necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or bacon and Big Mac sauce. Uh, maybe. Uh, actually, I think I could probably do bacon and Big Mac sauce, but it wouldn't... Again, it would be missing something. Yeah. Okay. If you only can pick between ketchup and an American cheese, Luke, what would you pick? This is a hard one, because I think, like, either one has a sauciness to it, and either one's yep. going to add some flavor... One is definitely, ketchup is more saucy than the cheese is, but the cheese, I yeah. think, has a bindingness, like a, it binds the whole burger together, the, the meat and the cheese and the bread. I mean, meat, cheese, bread is just a classic combo. Um, right. This is tough. I don't know. What do you think? I think I want to go for cheese. And the explanation for it is, it's not that I don't like ketchup, but Ketchup, if I had it in front of me and I only could pick cheese or ketchup on my hamburger, I would go with cheese nine out of ten times. See, I, I, uh, I'm going to agree with you, actually, under one condition. This has to be a juicy hamburger. Because if you got oh, a dry hamburger with only cheese and no sauce, no, no, no. oh my gosh, that's going to no. be a terrible burger. But... In the in the we're saying this is a perfectly cooked, nice, juicy. There's yes. There's fat dripping out of the sides of this burger, nice and juicy. You could do that with just American cheese, and like I said, mm-hmm. classic meat, cheese, and bread. I mean, that's just a classic uh, trifecta. So I think I have to agree. American cheese is our winner. Hmm. Who thought? I mean, which one did you, going into this, did you have a preference? I mean, you said last week you wanted Pickle to win. Yeah. I mean... But you you beat me with... uh, The thing that convinced me that uh, I needed ketchup more than Pickle was that it has this sauciness. And the Pickle doesn't have that. Uh, 
the pickle has just the taste. It doesn't have the sauciness of the ketchup. Right, totally. I think Big Mac sauce was kind of a outlier that I thought could have... Like, because I put it on there and I was thinking you were going to be like, oh, I didn't even think of that. You know what I mean? Right. So I thought that was going to be kind of a, a, a dark horse, but it didn't do as great as I thought it would do. Uh, didn't even get past the first <laughs> round. I I thought this was a good tournament. Uh, I've actually lost a bit of weight this year. Specifically, I think, I mean, I haven't changed my diet. I haven't exercised anymore or done anything. But one thing I have definitely done this year because of COVID is not eating as much fast food. Mm. Because I haven't gone to town as much. And that's where fast food is. Uh, and so I never am around fast food, so I never eat it. And so I've lost a bit of weight just by, I'm still eating burgers at home. It's not like I'm eating, not eating burgers. Uh, I'm just not eating fast food burgers, which I think is interesting. Hey, look, uh, if you were a rich man, would you like to, uh, rent a movie theater? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I worked at the movie theater, people would rent them, but it was always either corporate parties for, like, big companies, like, giving something for their employees, you know, as, like, a some kind of uh, bonus. They would get to screen a movie before it came out. We also did it for TV stations. They would screen movies, and they it would, they would like, on air, it would be a contest for the TV station. Hey, get to pre-screen this movie. Uh, but it would cost those theater companies tons of money and the, the uh, or the uh, TV stations, I mean. And the TV stations were required to buy every single person popcorn and soda. To, so the movie theater wow. would guarantee that they would make money. Nice. Well, uh, AMC offers private movie theaters rental starting at $99. Wow. That is cheap. Yeah, and this is obviously due to them losing tons and tons of money because of COVID and not having any movies opening up. It says here, $99 excluding tax, and new movies cost $149. So to actually rent the movie, it's $149. But that's for new movies. So if you wanted to rent an older right. movie, I'm assuming it'd be less. Uh, you can also rent a microphone to address your friends for $100 if you want... <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to do that. <laughs> I would shout instead. Hello! <laughs> oh, here, here's what I was talking about, about uh, forcing them to get food. It also says customers who want to bring their own food will be charged $250 catering free fee, but AMC it won't allow food that requires a heating element. Customers won't be able to bring food that the theater already sells. So if you want to buy popcorn, you can't bring it yourself. Do you have to buy it from them? Right. Uh, yeah. Do you think this is going to bring them revenue at all? I mean, a little bit. Uh, I'm assuming there's some random people who would wouldn't who have an extra whatever four hundred bucks lying around, and you could get a few of your friends together and go watch a movie. Uh, it doesn't. I don't see anywhere in this article, at least where it says anything about, like, how many people you're allowed to have in the theater at a time. Oh, it says here, 20 people. Okay, there it is. I see. Hey, look, uh, click on the wrap main page. Do you see the first thing they have there? 
Uh, I already left the thing. Okay, I'm going there. What is okay. it? Cool. <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg, QB set down to shut down after only seven months. Right, this was posted an hour ago. So as we were yeah. doing the show, this has happened. Uh, you, do we want to? Let's talk about it. Quibi struggling uh, short form company founded by Katzenberg shut is shutting down seven months after its launch. The short form video service, uh, led by Katzenberg and guess who? Meg Whitman, our favorite from, <laughs> has called a meeting with senior management Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. They're definitely shutting down. That is not a surprise, is it? Uh, is it, Luke? Even though we put two million dollars or two billion dollars into uh, advertising for teenagers and young adults, instead, free apps like TikTok have taken off as the platform for platform choice for teens. Yeah, because it's free, yeah. and guess what? There's tons of free ways to get content. You don't want to pay for some stupid content. You don't even know what it is, Quibby. And also, it was bad. And, yeah, and the app was terrible. That was a whole other issue. <laughs> movies, Luke. Have you seen some? I've seen some movies. I saw one last night called The Phenomenon, from The Phenomenon? Not the Phenomenon, movie. like the movie from the 90s, but The Phenomenon. Uh, it's a <laughs> yes. Documentary. Not the John, Tra- not the John Travolta uh, shit movie. No. Uh, no, not that movie. I remember being like, this movie's so weird when I was a kid, uh, when it actually came out and I actually saw it. I haven't seen that movie in years, but uh, oh, this bad. is a movie, it's a documentary about uh, the new UFO releases from the Navy. Oh. But it goes all the way back in history about Project Blue Book and even things before that, all these different sightings of aliens and ones that hadn't been disproven and then in the very last whatever half hour it goes all into uh the new releases and the stuff we found out found out in the last few years about uh the alien sightings by the navy and other intelligence agencies it's got interviews with a whole bunch of people from the government including john podesta uh hillary clinton's former campaign manager uh and it's got interviews with uh uh a lot of different, um, what are they called? People who've been visited, who've seen UFOs. And one interesting one, they find these kids who saw a UFO and alien when they were young, when they were kids, and now they're all grown up, and they interview them as when they're adults, which is very interesting interview. Cool. I'm going to give it a four. Very standard documentary. That's the problem I had with it. It felt a little bit too much like the Discovery Channel. I saw a uh, Netflix movie called uh, The Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, yeah, I saw this. Based, based on a true story uh, uh, about this peaceful uh, riot uh, with Sasha Baron Cohen. Hmm, I wonder if we will talk about him next week as well. Uh, Eddie Remain was in this. Uh, who else was it? Look. Uh-huh. Joseph Gordon-Levitz. Yeah. And a few other people uh, you would know, probably. Yeah. This was a very, very good movie, wasn't it? I really enjoyed it. Um, 
Yeah. I was expecting it to go... I mean, it did go out... It, like, when they're talking in the courtroom, they do flashbacks of things that are happening, but I expected it to go a little bit more into the actual uh, ordeal that happened itself. They kind of just show clips of it every once in a while. But the reason yeah. they did that is because of the ending and how the whole thing culminated in, you know, how, how it ended. I don't want to ruin anything. Uh, right. And the way they did that... M- was really well edited, uh, kind of giving you the information you needed, but not giving you too much that uh, it gives away what's going to happen. Um, all the acting was very, very good. Cinematography was good. Very fun story. It made me laugh at times. Uh, mm. Overall, I give it an 8. What about you? I give it an 8.5. Uh, yeah, I mean... Did you see anything else? I did. I saw a bad movie that was supposed to be really terrible because I was like, I'm going to watch a bad movie from March. I think we covered this on the show at some point, probably in March. Uh, Hooking Up. It's a movie about uh, a guy who has testicular cancer and a woman Mm -hmm. who has just been fired from her job as a a blogger or a, a writer. Actually, she's a writer for a magazine and she gets fired because they don't like her stuff anymore. And she finds out that uh, she's like a sex writer, somebody who writes about her sexual experiences for women to read in magazines. Uh, and she finds this guy who is going to have his balls chopped off because he has testicular cancer, and she's going to give him his one last sexual ride across the country, and they're going to go to all these different places where she's had sex before. She's going to write this great article. Um, it It's interesting. The concept is funny in a way. Uh, the acting was mediocre. Uh, overall, I gave it a six. It's not something I would recommend, but it's not something that I thought it was terrible, which is why I watched this movie, because it had like a 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb or something like that. It had terrible scores, but I kind of liked it. Uh, so I don't know. I wouldn't recommend, but it's not something to stay away from either. Yeah, it sounds extremely not me. Uh... Something that is extremely definitely up your alley uh, is something I watched this week <laughs> uh, called American Utopia. It's uh, it's not a musical, I promise, uh, but it's a concert musical. Uh, yes, a concert musical is not a musical. <laughs> it's, it's not really a musical. Okay. But uh, it's a more um, experience. Uh, this is based on um, a, a guy, uh, the, the guitarists from Talking Heads, uh, 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 and he's in it. Uh, like it's only him and the people that play the instruments and some and some choreography. It's very, like, bare minimal. It's one of the best things I have ever seen in my entire life. It's definitely better than Hamilton. Hamilton can go and, yeah, do something. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, compared to this, I really, really love this. I am going to give it a 10 out of 10. Cool. Uh so it, it's is it a stage play or is it a movie? Because it looked like from the thing I saw, it was kind of a stage it's, play, but it's, it's, it's but it's filmed. Play, yeah, that's filmed. Yeah, okay. and it, it's uh, st- 
directed by um, uh, oh, a very famous Afro-American. Spike Lee. Uh, Spike Lee. Thank you. Uh, let's see, what else did I see? I saw Rent-A-Pal, from. <laughs> Why? Because uh, it was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was I, it? I would recommend this movie. I'm going to give... Uh, Rent-A-Pal is about a guy who rents a... He ha, well, it's basically in, it based in the late 80s, early 90s, it looks like, stylistically. Like, they're going yeah. for that look, because everybody... It, v, VCR, VHS, and everything... He he joins a um, or he's ha- been doing a VHS dating uh, thing. I want to say app, but it's not an app in the eighties or nineties. Remember in the eighties and nineties when they had VHS dating services where you'd get right. get tapes and you'd watch the tape and decide if you wanted to match with somebody or whatever before Tinder or anything else. It's about that, and he buys a tape out of the um out of the bin there that's supposed to be a motivational tape uh and it gets really creepy and weird from there because the tape basically takes over his life this motivational tape um but the ending of this is pretty amazing uh it's a total psychological thriller i'm gonna give it a nine wow it looked really really awful in the trailer Oh, uh, you got to see it then, because it's pretty amazing. I was blown yeah. away by the ending, and the acting is all really, really well done. The editing is amazing. Uh, the storyline just makes you constantly question, because, like I said, psychological thriller. It messes with, it tries to mess with your mind the whole time. So be ready for that. Cool. I know there's a Norwegian. Uh, uh, uh horror movie that's coming to Netflix tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. I I've I I just know uh, 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 about it because I saw somebody talking about it online. I have no clue. Uh, it it has gotten pretty good reviews what I have seen. Uh, that is maybe what I'm looking forward to. But uh, have you seen any more movies because I am um, I've just seen those just one more. Uh, this is a m- movie from July with uh, John Lovitz and Luke Wilson. It's called The Swing of Things, from. It's about <laughs> a couple who are getting married. They have their whole family. They're doing a vacation wedding, you know what I mean? And so they're supposed mm. to... They're going to the Bahamas, I think. Uh, but the plane can't land in the Bahamas because of weather. Uh, they only have their family there for a certain amount of time, so they just they la- end up landing in Jamaica, and they decide to do the wedding there. This guy shows up at the airport and picks them up and tells them, oh, I know a place where you can do a wedding. So they book this resort, and it turns out it's a swingers resort, bro. Cool. And comedy <laughs> ensues. Um, have you ever wanted to watch a movie where a bird ejaculates on an old woman's face and she enjoys it? No. Well, if you wanted to, then this movie exists. (laughs) That sounds not like something I would enjoy at all. I feel like it was made by a porn director, by the way. But it it has nudity in it, but it doesn't have any porn. It just feels like very porn-esque. Uh... 
I'm going to give this movie a one. It, I mean, there's a very good point. Actually, I'm going to give it a point five. I'm not even going to give it a one. Wow. Well, I have seen one other movie, but it is a part of 12 months of hell. A look, explain to the audience what 12 months of hell is. Oh, yeah, we almost forgot about that. 12 months of hell, Fro, pick, or Fro gets a movie that I pick each month for the year of 2020. One movie per mm-hmm. month, and it has to be a movie that I've seen, but Fro has not seen. And it has to be a terrible movie, hence 12 Months of Hell, because Fro has to watch terrible movies each month. And then at the end of, well, I guess ne- the beginning of next year, we're going to do a tournament to decide which of these movies was the worst. Yeah, and uh, the Norwegian horror movie I was talking about is called Cadaver. Cadaver. Cadaver or Cadaver. something? Okay. Cadaver. Yeah, Cadaver. Cadaver. It's coming tomorrow. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, what uh, did you make me watch this with uh, month? Well, last month. La- yeah, this is a well, no. This is this month movie, and then the other one we're no, doing it's is last month. Is it? Yeah, it's for September. I think we already did. did well, we'll figure that out later. Um, okay. THX eleven thirty eight. Uh, yeah. This is a movie by George Lucas from. And it's uh, boring. Uh, I did the description already last week, but in the future, mankind lives in a vast underground city, and free will is outlined by means of mandatory medication that controls human emotion. When THX 1138 and LUH-3417 stops taking their meds, they wake up in the bleak reality of their own existence. Yeah, very bleak. Uh, very much lack of color of color in this movie. Um, it's very much trying to very, be very artsy, fartsy movie, and that is maybe what I disliked about it the most. It's very uh, trying to be very like two thousand and one. Well, uh, I will say to you that this was inspired by a student film that George Lucas made. So if it looks like a student film, is because it was inspired directly from his own student film. Yeah, this was his first feature film debut, George Lucas. So this was before Star Wars or anything else. Uh, Okay, Uh, still not good, Um, but but uh, yeah, no, it it is. Oh, it's so trying to be better than it is, and it is very much like slow dialogue the dialogue in this is very like it is very like we could um talk uh, maybe um a little like this to each other and uh you know when people speak like this yeah that is kind of like they, they talk to each other and and uh, i that is very irritating i i will say I will give it. Uh, it is probably the best of the worst movies I've seen, but on uh, from one is like okay and ten is excruciating pain. I'm going to give this a four point five. Okay. Yeah. I don't really remember how that relates to other movies, because we haven't done it in a while, how that relates to other movies you've done, but, I mean, 
This has got like a cult following where some people really love it because it's like kind of a culty indie, you know, movie and George Lucas and everything. And it's kind of like futuristic, like predicting the future kind of thing. And the ending, what did you think about the ending of this movie? I liked it. I mean, the ending is the most interesting part of the whole film, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil a 16,000-year-old no. movie, but but yeah, the ending is very, very interesting. But look, you get to give me uh, this month 12 months of hell, and I already know uh, what you're going to give me, because it's one of the movies you talked about this week. Right. The movie I just talked about, The Swing, is the swing of Things. Uh, yeah. I didn't necessarily... I, I was intending to find a bad movie, but I was not necessarily intending to find one so bad it would end up in 12 months of hell. <laughs> but I did. And like I said, yes. not only do we have birds ejaculating on old women, there's also a dolphin that has sex with a woman in this movie. So look forward to that, bro! Woohoo! Woo-hoo! This somehow magically has a 2.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm not sure who those people are giving these scores, but um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it fits that I'm going to watch that movie. I am so looking forward to it. I mean, one thing is cool is it's our first... 2020 movie in 12 months of hell so that's cool that that is true hey let's watch the audio trailer for the movie that you totally said that we were going to watch the audio trailer for last week the kid detective sony i used to be loved i used to be a kid detective we're all really counting on you okay i was so far ahead of the game i wonder if it's based on the book but one day i just woke up behind this guy in my home. Oh, is it a practice with the Mets? I need to find out if he's. I didn't know the kid detective was a book. He's lying. So what can I help you with? Somebody murdered my boyfriend. Seriously? Pretty seriously. He was stabbed seventeen <laughs> times. <laughs> Pretty seriously. You never do drugs. Gambling? No, he would never gamble. Demon worship? No, he would never worship a demon. <laughs> This actually kind of looks funny. Yeah. Someone's following us. Clearly a parody of kind of those old detective movies. Somebody's testing me. Okay. Only in theaters. So what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke? A down-and-out detective teams up with a teenager to solve the mysterious murder of her boyfriend. Uh, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4 out of 5 on Common Sense Media, 84% of Google users liked it. So pretty good scores all the way across, and the trailer made it look pretty funny. But that's the trailer, you never know. Yeah, uh, it was extremely, extremely hard to find... Uh, I don't think anybody knew this movie was coming out. It didn't even have a Facebook page at all, so they did, they're they not really promoting it very well. Right, so I had to go to Common Sense Media and said, see what that... Uh, what parents need to know is that uh, uh, the c- 
kid detective is a comedic mystery uh, about what happened. Uh, uh, and as an adult, he is somewhat a town joke. He wallows in his self doubt and self pity. Drinking heavenly drugs uh, is also seen. He takes a murder case involving a high school honor student subject like teen sex. Suicide, drug dealing, and homeless are touched up upon, but only character uh, actively doing drugs is Abe. And uh, yeah, and they give it, like you said, a pretty high score, four out of five. Uh, this one gave it even a higher score, nine out of ten. This might just be the guy who made the movie, though. Frank Hinckley <laughs> says, I honestly was not expecting such a compelling film out of The Kid Detective. It is a dark comedy in every sense of the word from beginning to end. There are moments that are drop-dead hilarious and also so sad. Adam Brody plays his role perfectly. It's a non-stop melancholy fused with bits of rich humor, and I loved it. Uh, but just to piss people off, the New York Times says that the Kid Detective Review mo movies... Uh, the movie's biggest mystery is its own script, says... The New York Post, just to make people mad because we're using the New York Post for some reason. Mm. Honest Thief is also coming out this week, uh, directed by Mark Williams with uh, Liam uh, Neeson and Kate Walsh in some of the uh, uh, roles. Hoping to cut a deal, a professional bank robber agrees to return all the money he stole in exchange of Reduced sentence, but when a two FBI agents set him up for murder, he must go on the run to clear his name and bring them to justice. This sounds like every other fucking famous movie ever. Another one, Two Hearts, uh, came out last weekend. A college student fails, mad, falls madly in love with a classmate while a Cuban exile falls for a Beautiful flight attendant. What a f weird description for a movie. Uh, six, six 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. 29% on Metacritic. But 92% of Google users liked it. Weird. Uh, directed mm -hmm. by Lance Houle. Starring Jacob L. Alordi and Tierra Skyvobai. Okay. Oh, those people. Also coming out, uh, Love and Monsters. Uh, seven years after the monster apocalypse, Joel Dawson, along with the rest of humanity, has been living underground ever since the giant creature took control of the land. After re reconnecting over uh, radio with his uh, high school girlfriend, Amy, who is now 80 miles away from the coastal colony, Joel begins to fall for her again. As Joel realizes there's nothing left for him on the ground, he decides to venture out to Amy, despite all the dangerous monster that stands in his ways. 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 59% on Metacritic, and 92% of Google users liked the movie. Uh, the Devil Has a Name, uh, 
An ambitious oil executive leaves the whole industry exposed when she tries to outwit a recently widowed farmer whose land has been poisoned. Uh, 5 out of 10 on IMDb, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, 50% on Metacritic, 72% of Google users liked it. Uh, directed by, oh, directed by Jed, Edward James Olmos, uh, starring Kate oh. Bosworth, Edward James Olmos, Martin Sheen, Haley Joel Osment. So it's got a badass cast, um, is, wow. is what it's looking like. Uh, that was called The Devil Has a Name. Of course, the name Kaiser Sose. <laughs> uh, call back uh, audibletrial.com yeah. forward slash another digital citizen go check out audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen to get a free trial on audible for 30 days and get a free book but uh, if I cancel it will they take my book away no cancel it anytime you could just like sign up with that, our trial and then just instantly cancel it and get a free book Ah, oh, wow. What the deal. Uh, next week, we will talk news of the week. I'm going to guess that we are going to cover some jizzy news if uh, nothing weird happens. Happens with uh, it, we, yeah. It's definitely, it definitely looks def- like it's going to happen. We will definitely talk about the, the debate uh, next week as well. Yeah, this uh, is, me doing the news next week is getting easier and easier by the day. <laughs> Because we already know. We already know the news, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We will do Woke uh, uh, next to last episode seven. Uh, We will do another digital review of The Empty Man. Is that a parody of the, like, the, uh, the Invisible Man? I think this is a movie where uh, a woman falls in love with one of those uh, waving inflatable arm people that are out in front of like a car lot. (laughs) That would be funny. He's an empty man. Empty man. He's filled with Um, air. And um, as our main topic, we will talk about Ashtar. Uh, What is Ashtar? Apparently it's some extraterrestrial being that a lot of different religions talk about so we're gonna cover that okay nice jeremy corner i mean the biggest thing from last night you saw aoc played among us on twitch yep i did uh with like a one of the more famous twitch guys so i mean one of the bigger Mm -hmm. twitch guys as far as like political commentators on twitch um so uh, it says over 400,000 people were watching, but that guy gets those numbers even without her, but that's probably still pretty good. Uh, Mr. Beast had a 30,000 influencer trivia tournament that it is very controversial <laughs> because uh, uh, somebody thinks that the winner cheated. Right, I didn't. I kind of got spoiled because I hadn't finished it yet, and then all of a sudden I see all these oh. people on Twitter talking about, "Oh, Charlie D'Amelio tweet, uh, cheated. Yeah. She cheated." Yeah. And I'm going like, "You just spoiled it. I hadn't finished that yet." Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know if the part like everybody went in knowing that that's how the rules were, so I don't see right. that as cheating when the rules said that it was okay. So. Yeah, it's not like anybody I, I, who was uh, competing against her said, 
the, oh, she cheated. It was all these other morons on right. online. Yeah. Uh, Frenemies uh, podcast is back. Uh, Trisha and Ethan is back. Uh, there was a very good episode uh, they came out with last yesterday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She. It's you know it's one of the those things where I don't know how long that show's gonna last, but uh, oh, it's, it's entertaining so now because it's like car wreck entertaining where you know you just can't look yeah. away because something bad is eventually gonna happen. <laughs> But yeah, their big fight was like he he was like very like oh I'm I'm sorry, and she's like I am not going to say I'm sorry about anything. I wasn't wrong about anything. That yeah, I mean yeah. that's kind of how she is. And in the second or the most recent episode they did, she even said I still don't like him, but I I do right. this because it, yeah. it makes me money. So it's it's that's just her mo is like she just doing it to make the money. So yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, let's see. I can't really think of anything. I mean, there was a ton of news we didn't cover, but I don't know. Not a big deal. Nothing, but such a big deal that is coming to my mind. So. Mm. FIFA twenty one is okay to play, by the way. Oh okay. What do you think about yeah. this Among Us? taking over the internet thing that's happened in the last month. I love the game, so I don't really care. Right, I I, I haven't played it, but everybody seems to really love it. It's just everybody's yeah. playing it. It's like uh, taking over the world, which is crazy because it's, what I'm to understand, it's like a year and a half old game, and all of a sudden it's just like blown up. It's not like a new game yeah. that everybody got onto because it just came out. It's like this old game everybody just realized was good, which is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I mean, it's very, like, I like PewDiePie uh, playing it, uh, the clips that he, he gives out as well. I don't think it necessarily makes great YouTube content uh, as a game. Like, some games, I think, make better YouTube content and less good YouTube content, and I think that one doesn't necessarily make the best, because you can't see yeah. every, everybody all at, all at once. Uh, but yeah. I guess so. Yeah, thank you for sending me 10, uh, 10 hours of Yaya Ding Dong, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I think that's everything. My name is uh, Fro. My name is Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yaya Ding Dong. Goodbye, citizen.